Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Tâm sự với Tám, với Amy. The uh, power by Georgia Asian Times. So I am here for the episode today. So before I start my episode with a very special guest, um, I have a few announcements to make. Uh, first, we have the nomination open for the 25 most influential Asian American in Georgia. Um, and that ends on April 7th. You can go online at georgiaasiantimes.com and uh, nominate your person who you really think making an impact there, making a difference in our AAPI community. And I'm sure they would really, really, truly appreciate that uh, for every hard work that they've put in. Uh, number two, we have the AAPI Summit on May 4th at UGA Gwinnett Campus. You can go online and buy the early bird tickets. I had a blast last year at the summit, and I would highly suggest for you to go and meet other AAPI and the panelists, um, the hosts, and just guests. It was an amazing time. So today, I actually have a very special guest um, on our podcast. He is a real estate broker here in the Gwinnett County. Um, you know, I had uh, the privilege to talk to him a little bit. He runs a brokerage, um, w primarily commercial, and he is now running for the Gwinnett County Commissioner District 1 It is a mission of his to represent the Asian voice at the county level. And we currently have a very few Asian House representatives. And at the state level, um, and, you know, one of them is a friend of mine, Long Tran, and three city councilwomen and councilmen in the city of Morrow and Tucker. So this would be a huge Um, deal for us here in Gwinnett to have Tim represent us. So let's tune in and listen to what Tim has to share with us. Hi, Tim. Good morning, Amy. How are good, you? Good morning. Good, good. Thank you so much for uh, being on the podcast with us today. Um, I'm very, very excited to hear all about your plan for us as far as, you know, the AAPI and the Vietnamese Americans in Georgia and in Gwinnett. So please tell us a little bit about yourself. Yes. Um, basically, I, I'm a refugee, just like so many of us uh, that is living in the county of Gwinnett. Uh, I believe that uh, we have about 60% that are not born in Winnet County, you know, uh, and, and I'm one of them. So I'm, I'm very excited about uh, uh, living in Winnet County and uh, raising my family and try to contribute to Winnet County. Um, a little bit about myself. My journey began in Vietnam at the age of 10. Uh, when my parents uh, sent my sister and I on a perilous journey uh, to escape communist uh, Vietnam. And, uh, you know, you, most of you know that after the Vietnam War, Southeast Asia, you know, uh, Asian countries 
such as Laos, Vietnam, Cambodia, we were trying to find freedom outside of that region. So that's, that, that was what took place. And uh, my journey took, took us through uh, refugee camps in Thailand, Indonesia. And after about 10 months, we finally arrived in the United States in 82. And uh, I had the privilege of reuniting with my parents and my other sister in 1989, uh, making it a significant chapter in my life at the age of 17. Um, I pursued a mechanical engineering degree at the Cal Poly Technique University of Pomona. And uh, it, it gave me the groundwork for a career as a senior equipment engineer at NEC Electronics and specializing in manufacturing of uh, DRAMs, memory chips. And in, in 2004, you know, we decided to relocate to Georgia and to make it our home. And that is where I ventured into real estate investment and especially commercial and, and residential uh, real estate management now going into uh, commercial development. But during, during all of those process, those experience, I became more engaged in uh, local government by participating, uh, became more engaged in community uh, in engagement, you know, serving the Vietnamese American community of Georgia and so on and so forth. So that is basically uh, a big picture of who I am and what I have done within the last 40 years uh, as a U.S. resident. Wow. I think I need to bring you back on the podcast another time to talk about the uh, you know, just coming here as a child in that wartime. You know, I came here as a child, but I came in the 90s. Um, so I think you came to the U.S. even before I was even born. So I, I'm always interested in learning more about that aspect of, you know, someone that's young telling their stories are coming. But today, you know, we really want to focus on your role of uh the upcoming that we're all really excited. You know, I myself, um, just like you, you know, I'm not in your level yet. And one day I will be. But, um, you know, I always love to be involved in the AAPI and the Vietnamese communities. And I think what you're doing is really being a great model for a lot of us younger generations. So how did your upbringing as an AAPI and Vietnamese American shape you to who you are right now. You, you know, like you're more of you know um, being hardworking. You know, I we hear a lot about that, but I want to hear more of how did it shape you to where you at right now. I think many uh, Asian refugees can relate to my story. Uh, obviously, you came here as a child. And I think you've gone through similar challenges uh, that I've, you know, that I've experienced. Uh, so I think we can relate. But um, basically, um, it, you know, when we came here, we didn't know any better. Right. We just knew that we had to 
basically uh, be educated. Right. Uh, we, we, we are very focused on getting an education so that we can improve and advance our lives. You know, like our parents, you know, my uncle, my late uncle, he, he knew his job was to get us here. And he gave up everything, you know, uh, so that we can be here and to be in uh, a democracy where we can do whatever that we aspire to do. Uh, so when he came here, he, you know, he, his job was done. So the only thing that he expects us, my sister and I, to do was to get an education and get a good, uh, create a good career out of it. So, um, you know, whether we were living in sub-poverty uh, level uh, as a hardship, that didn't really matter. We didn't know any better. It was still better than where we came from. Uh, you know, we, most of us, uh, there were 10 of us living in a two-bedroom uh, apartment, and that was okay. Um, so... You know, we, we didn't look at it as challenges at all. We just knew that we had to get a college degree and get a professional job. And uh, at the time, I was pretty good in math and science. So the obvious choice was engineering. And that was what I focused on to became an engineer. And uh, that was that was it now. Of course, being uh, an Asian American, or I mean, like a minority, uh, we were picked on. We were uh, teased at, uh, you know, living. I, I live in Chicago, Illinois. I got beat up all the time. You know, my my cousin and I, we would walk down the street, and you know, we were picked on. We they asking for money and everything else. If we don't have anything, they'll just give us a good beating. And so on and so forth. So we're like, okay, I guess this is what society is all about. You know, just be aware and protect yourself by by being aware of your surrounding. And then when you are cornered, run. And I ran pretty quick when I was a kid. So <laughs> so that, that was, you know, I didn't think about anything else. I was very focused, stayed out of trouble, get an education, get a career. Right. And, you know, that's how I always hear. And, um, you know, I was I was brought up a little bit different. And I, I think that's why m the way I think is a little bit differently as well. Um, so most of my friends, my Asian and Vietnamese friends, their parents always say, get a good education, keep your head down, you know, just just do your thing. Like, don't make yourself known or voice your opinions you know and um, I was brought up a little bit differently that my parents always said it's great to have an education and everything but voice your opinions you know um, say how you feel just just be very vocal so I think that's kind of why I'm very very vocal on certain things um, so it's funny when you said you know, just get a good education and you were taught to um, just keep going. And I know that a mm -hmm. lot of Vietnamese just tell their kids to keep their heads down and keep going. So what made you want to run for office? Because this is the opposite of keep your heads down and keep going. This is mm -hmm. you really voicing, you know, 
project your voice on topics that you want people to know or, um, you know, just really represent our whole community. So what made you want to run for office? Well, here's the thing. I just to to add a few uh, words to your statement about, uh, you know, like m- many of the Asian American parents, they want they they basically tell the kids to keep their head down and then focus on education and so on and so forth. Uh, of course, that was what my uncle did, but he also put me in positions where I had to lead. You know, whether it's through Boy Scout or through religious uh, groups, uh, activities. And there were so few of us, you know, as far as like Vietnamese Americans, uh, you know, and me being uh, a nephew to a priest, uh, you know, he put me in leadership positions where I had to step up and voice my opinion and lead my example to my fellow. Uh, friends. And, okay, so and, that was uh, your first encounter with leadership. Yes. So so it, it wasn't a choice. It was like, hey, <laughs> you got to step up. And you know, since I was pretty, I, I guess I guess I was uh, I was pretty quick on catching on to certain things. I I just dove head in and and started leading and 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 serving a certain role. So I was doing that throughout my youth. And then even in in high school, I was part of the student body where I, you know, uh, at that time, there were not too many Asian Americans that would serve the student body. And I I was like, okay, I'll I'll participate. I'll get involved. And then uh, it, it eventually shaped me into the person that I am now. And I, I think that is uh, uh, is a common thing for some of the Asian American leaders that are representing our community uh, uh, today, because they were put into leadership positions right. where they learned the skill and they built the confidence, and they're able to to lead and to uh, voice their opinions and to voice you know the community voice or their organization. Organization's voice. Right. So I, I think I, I got my. Yeah. yeah, I think I can relate to that. There was, you know, in uh, back in Vietnam, you know, how you have like Lip Jung. I was kind of put into that mm-hmm. position in first grade and I just had no idea. And my parents just told me, yeah, and then you just did very well. And I came here and just like you, you know, being in the student body. Um, president of these small clubs and I never really wanted to be in but always being put in it so I completely relate and uh so you're running for Gwinnett County Commissioner District 1 tell us a little bit about what is what is it being a commissioner like what is the role and what does District 1 cover Yes. Well, before I want to go into like the responsibilities and the details of what uh, Gwinnett County Commissioner does, I want to tell you why I'm running for Gwinnett County Commissioner. Right. Uh, again, you know, it is not just 
you know, one day waking up and say, hey, you know, I want to run. It is a combination of uh, experiences, opportunities, and challenges you know, throughout your life where it built you up to a point where you're like, okay, that makes sense. That is something that I want to do because I believe in that cause, that mission. So, so basically, I, I just want to clarify that. Uh, in 2007, when I first uh, tried to rezone uh, a certain property in, on Jimmy Carter Boulevard, I was going through the process. And, you know, I think, you know, it was the right thing to do. Uh, it increased property value. It makes the, the area uh, better as far as, like, development. Uh, you know, because at that time, there were so many, so many properties that were blighted. It looks like it, they were abandoned. This part of town wasn't, like, the ideal area for people to come and develop. So I was trying to built uh, a shopping center there and I, I was hitting so many walls and the people actually discriminated against wow. me developing a project in Winnet County because they're saying some of the remarks were, hey, you know, uh, they going to, is there, they going to have a restaurant, they're going to uh, generate so much uh, smell, you know, like Asian food, it's going to smell, they're going to bring a lot of like pests to the area, mm -hmm. and I'm like, oh my god, you know, we are investing a massive amount of money into the area, the the services that we're going to provide is going to uh, improve the life of the, pe the, the people in the surrounding area, why are they making those statements? It's like, because I am I don't look the same and they assume that I'm going to be operating my my project at a very subpar level or whatever, and it's and I was so so upset, and I let the board commissioner know that I was not happy with their decision and the way that that how they came to that decision, and I talked to Gerald McDowell. He was serving on the Gateway Eighty Five CID and. He is an African-American gentleman. And I asked him, hey, why is it so difficult to try to do something good for the, the area? He's like, well, Tim, you have to pay your dues. You, nobody knows who you, who you are. What you're trying to do is you are, uh, you know, you are fluffling, you know, like, you know, like on the bird, you would fluff the feather. Mm -hmm. That's what he said. You know, it's like, hey, you are creating waves. So why don't you just kind of like participate, be a part of the system, and eventually people know who you are, and eventually they will be open to your ideas. Well, I served on the Gateway 85 CID for 12 years, and then two years ago, I tried to rezone again that property. I still hit, you know, uh, the wall. And I had to sue the county in order to get it approved. And it is approved. And right now, we are working on a redevelopment that's going to bring six, uh, no, $12 million of new development to that specific wow. piece of property. And it's, it's generating new tax for the county. 
and it's going to provide so much services for that area. I'm, I'm thinking that it's going to improve the value of the area. So to me, when you see issues and you, you, you want to make a change, you've got to be engaged and then eventually participate and uh, become, uh, you know, uh, a decision maker in that, uh, for example, on the board of commissioner, so that you can change it internally, make it easier for other people to do certain things that is right. Uh, so uh, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to run for the commissioner. I have so many other reasons. Right. And uh, it will take me a day to explain it to you. But that's one of the reasons where it's just kind of like, hey, Tim, get involved. Know your county. Know your the municipalities that you live in. And become, be, become engaged, you know, within the uh, government bodies so that you can understand how things work. And so you can navigate it a little bit better. That, that is awesome. So what is your vision for yourself when you are in office for not only yourself, but for the Vietnamese community and the AAPI as a whole? Well, first of all, access to, uh, to, to information mm-hmm. is the key when it comes to the AAPI community. We, we are very well off. We do very well as an individual. Right. You know, uh, we tend to excel and we, most of us, you know, achieve the American dream, which is to have your own home, to have, uh, um, to live in an area that is considered safe and you can raise your, your children uh, in uh, a safe and, uh, you know, a, a good community. So, but when it comes to going to that next level where you want to do something that benefits the whole, like, for example, you want to create a cultural center, you want to build uh, a, a war memorial uh, facility or uh, a monument, uh, you want to do something that everyone else can enjoy. We don't know how to start and we don't have the connection to get there. Right. So I think access to information, access to leaders that are more that are, are, are more concerned and relatable is one of the key things, one of the key issues that I I, I have, one of the key visions. Yes, and in addition I, to that, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. In addition, you know, I've I've been I live in Gwinnett County for twenty years now. I've seen certain things that is taking away that quality of life that I have experienced as, as a Venetian. You know, I raised my daughter here in Gwinnett County, and she's gone through uh, public, you know, Gwinnett Public School, which is an amazing uh, school uh, district. And then she's now graduating from UGA. So in a sense, she had a really good upbringing and good quality of life. But will we be able to maintain it? Because I saw that the budget, the county operating budget increased from $1.5 billion to $2.5 billion within a matter of six years. 
2017, we were at 1.5. Now we are, uh, in January of this year, the county increased our operating budget to $2.53 billion. Now that's just the operating budget. The school budget was $3.8 billion. So combined, that's like six, you know, $6 billion. No, a little bit more than $6 billion as far as total, uh, uh, total budget. And 49% of that budget comes from your property tax. Wow. So it's, it's unbe- unbelievably expensive to own real estate in uh, Winnick County and the surrounding county also. So therefore, you know, that American dream that I was talking about, owning your own property, is becoming something of, uh, uh, you know, of a barrier. It is becoming very difficult uh, to achieve. You know, before, you know, I, I don't mind paying like $3,000, $4,000 for property tax, but now it's gone up 60%. And last year, uh, 2023, it went up double digits. This year, it's going to go up the same. When is it going to stop? So the quality of life that I am, you know, you know that I, I share with you, are we going to continue to have it, especially for those, you know, refugees that are coming here to the United States, you know, nowadays? Uh, or my daughter, uh, the young professional, young Asian American that is, you know, starting their career, you know, building their families. Are they able to experience that American dream that you and I are experiencing right now? So balancing the budget, lower property tax would be one of my main issues. And then last summer was the storm of car breaking and uh, business burglaries. You know, some of our businesses, our uh, community businesses were targeted because they knew that we were working with uh, cash. Cash, yes. I remember that time. After, you know, like a busy uh, holiday weekend, they would come in 4 a.m. on Monday morning, wipe out the whole business. They, they basically, they were like taking out, they taking out uh, other business or something like that where they knew exactly where to go and empty the, the safe. We have several businesses just closed down because they, they lost all the money or they lost other people's money. Because they're, you know, a lot of the money that they, like, for example, cargo places, money transfer places, if they hit you at the right time, they can literally wipe out, you know, $50,000 worth of cash that is sitting in a safe to be deposited the next morning. Uh, and then cars, cars breaking. Every morning, you know, I would look up, uh, you know, like certain platforms and 40, 50, 100 cars were broken into because, you know, kids, they they were recruited into gangs. And they were targeting these communities, especially Gwinnett communities, that are affluent, and uh, they were destroying properties. So I've been working with Gwinnett PD on how to prevent this and how to disseminate the information to our business owners so that they won't become targeted victims. 
No, I, I definitely remember all of that. Um, I think we need to have another session with you um, since we are uh, running low on time. But what is your last piece of advice for someone who wants to be involved and potentially one day? And I really want to see one day more of Asian Americans and more Vietnamese in office in the local and um, statewide. So what is your one piece of advice for all of us that are listening? Excellent question. You got to start now. You got to start now. It is not about suppression. The platform is open for all of us to get involved and to put one foot in front of the other so that we can understand you know, how everything works, you know, at the county, municipality, or even state uh, level. So get involved right now. Build up your experience. And then when there's an opportunity to step up onto that platform that's created, do it. Because only you know who you are and only you know how to help your family, your community, uh so so you got to start right away and i encourage you know all our uh, students whether they're in high school or college hey consider looking into you know uh certain careers that can uh can help you step up and and create that capacity to lead whether it's in uh, your profession uh or corporate or public services, please do it because we need you. We need you to lead. You, we need you to be the voice of our community and, uh, and, and represent. So I appreciate this opportunity to share my vision for Gwinnett County. I look forward to other opportunities to share my other stories. Uh, I, I think we all experience the similar uh, experiences and if we can relate to each other we can help each other excel as a community yes and thank I, you very much i would i would love to uh you know meet with you outside of this and have a little more chat about all of this and maybe bring you back on to another podcast and talk a little bit more and i think a lot of things that you've said today it really resonate to me and definitely um you know make me think a lot more about you know i always dream of bringing our community together and um you know that was one of the reason why this uh, latep team was started just to bring all the people in our industry together and um coming up as well we are planning a pickleball tournament for real mm-hmm. estate um, industry we're we're gonna have more information on that but you know we would love to have your brokerage participate in it as well we're just getting together play pickleball have a little tournament within you know the realtors lenders attorneys aapis and w- i just would love to see all of us together and because i've always seen Vietnamese or Asian, and you've said it before that, you know, we're great as individuals, but it's time for us to come together and work together. We don't have to be in the same brokerage to or the same team 
to work together. I just truly believe that we all can really come together as a whole and, you know, have, have more of us in office and have more people like you that, you know, giving us a voice and be, you know, be the face and the voice for our whole community. And I really wish you very well on your run. And I really hope to see you in that office and see what else, um, you know, we all can do it together. So Mm -hmm. thank you so much for being on our podcast. And we'll definitely have more talks after this. Thank you, Tim. And thank you, everyone. Thank you very much. Thank you, everyone, for listening. All right. Thank thank you. you. Thank you. You have a great weekend. You too. Thank you, everyone, for listening to us. Until next time. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye.